Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. This episode is airing on Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. Hello, everyone. It's Shannon back with you to talk more about new books and, of course, an author interview. And today I will be sharing an interview that I did with author Jane Allen, where we discuss her novel, Black Girls. Must Be Magic, which is the sequel to Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. And then I'll follow that up with a dozen or so new releases. So let's get started with the usual housekeeping information, followed by the interview, and then I'll be back to talk about new books. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am chatting with author Jane Allen about her second novel, Black Girls Must Be Magic. This was released in the U.S. on February 1st. Jane, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. So because this is not only your second novel, but the second book in a series, I'm going to leave it up to you how you how you choose to answer this. But I always like to start off with authors giving a little bit of an introduction to the book that we're talking about. So I'm not sure if you want to talk about like the two books together to avoid spoilers or how you think it would be best handled, but I will leave it to you to do that. Well, thank you. I will start that it's the story of Tabitha Walker. She's our protagonist and uh, it's a first person narration. So she's kind of the the experience layer <laughs> and our shepherd through this journey And when we first meet Tabitha in the first book, her life has been going according to perfect plan and her checklist has been well underway. And we just so happen to meet her on her very worst day. Uh, (laughs) Yes, she finds out that she is having a reproductive health crisis, a fertility issue that just is kind of out of the blue. And she's 33. So it just throws everything of her perfectly laid and and executed plans into complete disarray, which is a little bit of a gift for her because it opens the door to the opportunity for her to really start to examine what fulfillment actually looks like for her and to, for the first time, maybe ever ask herself the question, what do you really want? 
And I think so many of us deal with that in society where we have all of these expectations and conventions, and we believe that, you know, if we just check the boxes and do what we're supposed to do, we're going to reach fulfillment and it's supposed to lead to this happy life. And then we wind up on the other side of it, not feeling that fulfillment. So Tabby goes through that journey of, of having to reconsider all those things and in the, along the way, figure out what family is going to look like for her, given her constraints and her situation. So she has a, a situationship, I like to call it, uh, that now she needs to figure out, is, is this going to be the right partner for her? She has incredible supportive friends who have their own secrets. They're all, everybody's hiding something and it all starts to unravel with her unraveling and then they have the opportunity to support each other and put it back together with their new spirit of transparency and truth and support that's the first book uh, and tabby along the way makes her decisions about how she's going to approach family i don't think it's too too much of a spoiler to say that uh, she starts the second book in a pregnancy because there's a lot of questions around how that happens which you have to read to find out uh, exactly how she <laughs> she came to be pregnant and uh worked that out but um but the second book is really about the continuation of that path to fulfillment in the she's in the very early stages of starting to call her own shots for herself. And some of those are against the tides of societal convention. And so a lot of times we find ourselves, you know, where we're trying to chart our own course and we've made our way to the beginning of that path. But. So, uh, circumstances, it, it only gets more difficult to stay on that path. And so in the second book, she really has to muster that internal fortitude and courage and, again, rely on the support of her friends and family to take that journey towards motherhood on her own terms. So that's the gist of the story. There is um, she she deals with her workplace issues. She's got uh, she's a black woman. And so the layers of the experience from her perspective are uh, incorporated in the story. It's not a story about race, but it does show the experience through the eyes and the authentic perspective of, of a black woman and, and the different layers that she has to deal with. And um, and so that's that's kind of the journey. Maybe we'll unpack some more as we talk. Yes, I, I think we will, although carefully, so as not to not to spoil spoil too much because spoilers are not friendly things. <laughs> so I'm guessing from what you said that this is um, a series that you would recommend people read in order. Yes, I think. Well, sometimes people do read you know the second book first. They they do operate as standalone books, so sometimes people read the second book and then they go back to the first book as sort of a prequel because they want it, all of the backstory. So a lot of the backstory is in the first book, and a lot of the character, um, a lot of the the supporting characters' stories. So you can build a connection to those people, but they're. Uh, I think that you would probably get the richest experience reading the first book first. We have a constant conflict here on the podcast about the way one should read a series. Like, should you actually read it in order or should you skip around and read whichever one appeals to you? And my, my team is, is pretty divided on this. (laughs) So it definitely comes up. Um, a lot, like how, you know, how you read a series. I read a KJ Charles book not too long ago, and I read the second book first, 
thinking that it would just be a case of like, oh, you know, these characters live in the same world, but like their stories are separate. That was absolutely not how it was. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I think you're doing the right thing by asking the question, you know, because I've, it probably varies on an author by author basis. And at least with me thinking about how I was writing the books, I thought it would be nice if these could be experienced as standalone novels as well as part of a universe in a, in a series so that you do get the benefit. You get additional benefit each book that you read, but you could read one of the books and not have read the, the ones that came before it. So I, I try to write that way. I don't force the story in that way and I don't you know sacrifice or compromise anything, but that's that's my ideal, you know, so I, whether or not that's the actual thing that happened or, or that's actually the case, I think readers would have to say. But my ideal is that it would operate as a standalone, but you get this enriched benefit uh, from reading the other books as well. I really love books where characters are kind of turning those societal expectations kind of on their heads and yeah. really navigating life in the way that feels best for them instead of, you know, kind of how we might be raised to think that we should live. So I'm curious to know sort of what inspired um, you to write these characters' stories. Well, I the original inspiration was from my own experience. And I really this around 2016 for me, I felt like my experience, I wasn't really seeing it reflected very much. And uh, just as a professional woman, as a black woman, uh, I as a single woman, you know, all of these things, I felt like, wow, I'm having this really unique experience and I don't really see it reflected in fiction. I don't really see it. Celebrate it has its own unique challenges. I've learned some really incredible lessons along the way. And so I thought, wow, I'd like to see this character in, in, uh, in fiction and maybe I should write it <laughs> and, uh, in, and make this journey seen and make this journey celebrated in all these various ways. So, and I thought, wow, that people similarly situated maybe could also appreciate seeing something like this because I don't you don't see it that often so that was my my um, initial thought I never written fiction before but uh, I also wanted to at that time I was a very very busy professional in the corporate world and traveling 150,000 miles a year kind of busy yes and I wasn't reading that much and I there weren't very many books that I I was able to get through and finish. And so I thought, wow, you know, I I really want to write a book that people are going to enjoy and finish and want to read. And and that gives different layers, um, you know, that's something that you can take away for life, you know, that that you can maybe learn something from for your actual life that has application. So I was I was like, this is an additional layer of benefit, maybe from reading this into that would be what I would need to to really get engaged in a book. So I layered in what I learned from my 30s in the book as well. So that that's really where that inspiration came, that I thought it was kind of a uncelebrated and, and often unseen kind of journey, the inter- internal journey. And especially for a Black woman, and just to give an example, you, you see Black characters a lot of times 
that on the surface, you know that the representation is there. For example, you know, you know, she's a brown skinned woman. She has crinkly hair, maybe, but you see her with crinkly hair in her workplace. Well, the way that society views natural hair textures, hope it's kind of changing now, but historically and, and even up till now, it hasn't been viewed favorably and it hasn't, it's, you know, we get the messaging that it's not professional or not the most attractive way to wear your hair or all of the, it's not the standard of beauty. And so for a, a black woman in particular to show up in a workplace with her natural hair, there's a whole journey there of, of finding your authentic voice, of finding the courage to express yourself, of sort of an underdog story in a lot of ways that really is probably fascinating, but we don't see that told very often, that interior journey. And so that was something that I wanted to unpack, especially uh, having a Black female protagonist and, and the lessons she could teach us about finding voice and, and finding the courage to, to live our authentic truths and find our way. I think, you know, very often you see, as you say, like representation of various experiences but they're often not as as fleshed out as as they might be. And so I think what you're saying here has a lot of value um, for people who who don't know necessarily everything that we might want them to know about the experiences of of other people. And I yeah. think that through reading, like that is such a perfect lens for learning if people are you know, able to like sit with that and absorb it in, in a certain way. Yes, that, that was something that, you know, for me, I value so much in the books that I, you know, choose or I read, be able to have that um, experience, life experience that I haven't necessarily earned and maybe don't even deserve, which is why I think people love books so much is like, you know, this is, this is beyond what I, I even deserve to be able to get a, a view into this life experience. I haven't earned this intimacy. I haven't earned, I haven't done the courageous things needed to be done to, you know, climb to the top of Mount Everest, but yet I get this story of somebody that's done that, you know. So I think that's, that's one of the magical gifts of books. And I, I was hoping to put some of that magic in, uh, in the story and really doing the work. Of, uh, that I had, I had to do the personal work of unpacking the experience, my own experience, to find the, to dig for the really fundamental human truths, so that this was truthfully and, and truly a human story, even though it's from a particular perspective. Because I think that's what's valuable to learn and take away is that no matter how different our journeys look on the surface, really when you boil it down and get down to the to the fundamentals of it there's so much that's the same and there's so much that we can learn from each other so is tabby's story concluded now in black girls must be magic or can we expect more um more of her adventures in future books there is a third book planned for early 2023 which i'm working on and and nearing completion on Ooh. which I'm really excited about so her journey does continue and even in writing that third book I'm like oh wow I could easily do another book <laughs> but um, but there is you know and and I also think maybe there's 
other perspectives to tell the story from um, amongst the, the universe of characters here. But yes, yeah, so there's definitely one more book planned and uh, and then we'll we'll see from there. So um, early 2023 is the third book, which is intended to be kind of the the natural stopping point for Tabby's journey. Uh, but um, but I won't say that with a and put a period of, uh, you know, <laughs> at the end of that. I'll write this dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. So when you are looking for something to read, what are you drawn to as a reader? I like things that are inspirational, uh, that teach me something about life. Again, that there's a takeaway. Sometimes I'll read nonfiction, but a lot of times um, I will read uh, fiction from some kind of perspective that I haven't um, considered or been exposed to personally. And I do try to read diverse works because I, I want to be able to make recommendations for people who <laughs> who want to diversify their bookshelves or see kind of ah, yes. perspectives. So, um, so, so that's so an example of that is uh, in every mirror, she's black, which um, I kind of loved because it shows uh, experience of uh, it's the immigrant experience in, um, in Sweden and which is a fairly homogenous society but yet there is, you know, people that live there that aren't part of the dominant culture and to see the story from their perspective and see the country from their perspective and to, to hear what they fall in love with and uh, the food and, and to experience it where it's not something that's just a, you know, foregone conclusion, but like something they had to learn to like or, or find this appreciation for, um, as a as something completely new as an experience i i just really liked seeing that or uh that kind of perspective so being transported somewhere but also getting the benefit of of this lesser represented perspective it's interesting that you say that about sweden because when like i'm looking at books coming out things that are set in some of the like scandinavian countries so far seem to be mostly crime novels um, and so you don't really see a lot of that, like, deeper story of that culture. Not that you can't have some of that, like, woven into genre fiction. Yeah. Because I think you definitely can. But just to sort of explore that particular life experience, I don't think is done um, very often for, you know, in, in Sweden and its surrounding countries. So I think that is um, a really good book recommendation to make if people are interested in that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's really, um, it would be really enjoyable. And um, Lola Akamade Akastrom, who's the author, is also uh, in her, this is her debut, but she's a travel writer. And so the descriptions, I mean, it's literally like taking a trip. So <laughs> So it's very enjoyable in that way. I love when books have like that really strong sense of place where you almost feel like you're there. Yeah. Because the descriptions are are so vibrant. Yes. Yes. So what else have you read recently that you think the world should know about? I have. What is the last thing that I read? Um. The last book that I read is The Kindest Lie, Nancy Johnson. Ooh, um, yes. 
together. And it was it was great to um to have a chance to talk to her because we cover a lot of similar themes in similar ways and we in talking we have a lot in common. So it's it's been really fun to uh to talk to her and uh and get to know her a bit and and her work. Her book is amazing. So that was the most recent book. I'm writing now so I ha- don't have as much time to read as I would like. Uh so I have a whole backlist. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> of novels uh, waiting for me when I turn in this manuscript. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> I have the um, kindest lie sitting on my iPad currently. Um, of course, there are you know hundreds of other things sitting on my iPad too. So it makes it very hard to know um, when you know one specific book will be gotten to. But I think it's it's a good problem to have. Exactly. No, when you have a really compelling TBR list, it's <laughs> that's a gift. But it's but I know that uh, they're all waiting impatiently for you to read them. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. So you mentioned, you know, that when you're writing, you don't have as much time to read, which obviously makes sense. But I'm curious when you're writing, do you try to read things that are different from what you're writing, like outside of the same genre or outside of the same type of like human experience, or you kind of lean into that and read like everything you can that's similar. So when I'm writing, my main focus is just to kind of keep my creative cup full. So I will read uh, whatever kind of makes me happy uh, on that day or, or so it doesn't, I don't really read within genre um i've have done that before uh just to find inspiration or to remember that other people have finished their manuscripts and so i too can finish mine <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> but um <laughs> but i i will find inspiration in all kinds of things and, and i also do um i'll read a lot about um just human nature as well i, I i'm a student of humanity. I love to just understand different people's perspectives, why people do what they do, um, different twists and turns in the human psyche. So sometimes I'll, I'll watch just different things that, um, or read about different things that aren't really, uh, in the conventional story form, but are maybe mm-hmm. like news pieces or articles about some weird, aspect of humanity that somebody or some strange thing that somebody did (laughs) an investigation of that so um so I look for the quirky I guess when I'm when I'm writing um because I I really this is going to probably sound a little bit strange given the the genre of where my books are classified but I always think I'm writing a bit of a mystery that's my goal I'm I'm writing a mystery Ah. of behavior and I and I want it to feel a bit like that, where you don't you want to know why this person. It's not so much what they did, as in as much as uncovering why they did it and what that means and and how that affects the people around them. So, um, so that's that's how I think, and so that's what I look for for inspiration. I really like that idea of like a mystery, but not a mystery in like a conventional sense of like, you know, who, who murdered someone or who stole something or, but more of like, why do people act and react in, in the ways that they do? Right. And how we misinterpret those things and, and, and 
you know, what's what's really going on, you know, uh, underneath the things that we see so often every day and maybe overlook, you know, so that's, I, I guess I say, you know, uncovering the magic and everyday experiences. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your writing schedule to chat with me today. And um, before I let you go, I'm wondering if you can let listeners know the best place to find you online. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am, my website is janeallen.com, J-A-Y-N-E-A-L-L-E-N. And I have a newsletter that um, people can sign up for there. And I'm also very frequently uh, on Instagram at Jane Allen writes. So if you're an Instagram person, <laughs> you can tag me, you can reach out, follow. Uh, I'm very active there and, and try to uh, join conversations when I can. So that's awesome. And again, this has been a discussion with author Jane Allen of her novel, Black Girls Must Be Magic. Um, the first book in that series is Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. All right. So here we are talking about new books. There are not as many this week as there were last week. Of course, that's not hard. Last week was just a huge, huge amount of new books. So this week is a little bit more normal, I think. Um, I'm going to start with a couple of things that you've heard us mention previously. First up is one book that I am so glad all of you can finally read. This is Take My Hand by Dolan Perkins Valdez. I mentioned it on my um, list of most anticipated April releases, and I was fortunate enough to read an early copy. It is such an amazing read. If you're interested in historical fiction, especially as it relates to people with disabilities, um, people who are who are living in poverty, um, the African-American community, any of those things, I highly recommend this book. It is finally here and I am so excited to see what people think of it. Um, Kristen mentioned An Arrow to the Moon. This is by Emily XR Pan. This is her second novel. Um, her first novel is The Astonishing Color of After, of After and that came out a few years ago. Um, Christine read it and really, really liked it. It is YA fiction with magical realism thrown in, and I'm guessing this one will be kind of similar based on the synopsis that um, Kristen gave in the episode where this book was mentioned. Um, moving on, we have quite a few historical books to talk about. I'm going to start with a uh, dual perspective novel. This is What We Give, What We Take by Randy Triant. It is the story of a mother and son. Um, the mother ends up leaving her son behind as she goes to Vietnam to entertain the troops during the Vietnam War. Her son is disabled um, as a result of polio, and apparently the novel traces sort of their difficult relationship um, in the time, you know, after she left him behind. So this is What We Give, What We Take by Randy Triant. We then have Theater of Marvels by Leanne Dillsworth. And this is set in Victorian times. It is about a black actress 
who started out as an orphan and became you know, quite famous, um, reminds me a little bit of Tipping the Velvet, but with a black character instead of um, an LBGTQ character. So this is Theater of Marvels. It's one that I have on hold at the local library, and it is by Leanne Delsworth. Next up, we have The Lost Book of Eleanor Dare. This is by Kimberly Brock, and this talks about the lost colony of Roanoke. And I don't know a lot about this. I've heard you know, various things over the years, but it's not something that I'm really well versed in. But it basically is the story of the descendants of Eleanor Dare, who is supposedly um, a resident of the lost colony of, of Roanoke and how if, you, if her family members could find this book that she left behind, there might be some understanding of what happened all those years ago in that colony. So this is The Lost Book of Eleanor Dare, and it's by Kimberly Brock. We also have Last Dance on Starlight Pier, and this is by Sarah Bird. It's a novel set during the Great Depression. Um, it's talking about a woman in general, you know, like specifically, but also a nation in general that is rebuilding itself from the ashes of the depression. I have heard a ton of positive buzz about this book. This is another one that is on hold for me at the public library, and I'm hoping that it will come very soon. It's Last Dance on Starlight Pier, and it's by Sarah Bird. And we have another historical novel. I was not lying when I said there were a handful of these, um, but this one is The Mayfair Bookshop. This is by Eliza Knight, and it is about Nancy Mitford, who was a socialite in the 1930s in England. She is known as part of the Mitford family, and this is kind of her story um, and how she kind of found herself in a bookshop um, in the 1930s. So this is The Mayfair Bookshop by Eliza Knight. Moving on to a mystery, um, The Investigator by John Stanford is out this week. This is the first book in his Letty Davenport series. Um, I discovered Stanford's writing years ago with his Lucas Davenport series, and this is billed as Davenport's kind of the next generation. Letty is the adopted daughter of Lucas Davenport, who you will know if you have read um, this particular series. But this one um, has some ties to Homeland Security. Letty Davenport is now an adult um, in her mid-20s, and so she is now taking the lead as an investigator in this book. So this is The Investigator, Letty Davenport, book one by John Sanford. Okay, so we have a few young adult books, um, and that will kind of round us off tonight. Um, I'm going to start with kind of a post-apocalyptic book. This is Gone Dark. It's by Amanda Panich. Amanda Panich wrote um, CD on a Plate, which came out in March, I believe, late February or early March. And um, she wrote that under Amanda Elliott. So this is a YA kind of post-apocalyptic book about 
a teenage girl who is leading a group of survivors across the country in the wake of like a power failure. I don't know if it's like an EMP or how this happened, but um, as you know, a bunch of us here on the podcast read post-apocalyptic fiction. So this is one that we are looking forward to. Um, This is Gone Dark by Amanda Panich. We also have um, another YA uh, fantasy. This is Eben Wild. It is the third book, and I think actually the conclusion of Crystal Smith's Bloodleaf series. I have not read the first book in this series. Um, Kristen, I think, read it a couple of years ago and enjoyed it. Um, I think there's just been so much YA fantasy over the past several years that looks intriguing. It's really hard to keep up with it all. Um, But this is one that has been on my radar for a little while, and I'm very excited to see that the third book is out. This is Even Wild, and it is Bloodleaf Book 3 by Crystal Smith. We also have... You Should Have Seen This Coming. This is by Shani Michelle, and it is about a young woman who has visions, and she uses these visions to try to save a classmate who has been kidnapped. So it's a YA thriller with a little bit of the paranormal. Um, This is You Should Have Seen This Coming by Shani Michelle. We also have Year on Fire by Julie Buxbaum. Um, This is a novel of family loyalty, buried secrets, first love, um, and of course, a fire, in case you couldn't tell by the title. Um, I can't tell if it's billed as kind of a thriller or more of just a contemporary piece of YA fiction. I have read a couple of um, Buxbaum's previous books, most notably Admissions, kind of about the college admission scandal, and I do enjoy her writing quite a bit. So this is one that I'll be picking up. It's Year on Fire by Julie Buxbaum. And I'm ending today with This May End Badly by Samantha Markham. And this looks like the breath of fresh air that so many of us need these days. This is about two prep schools, one for boys, one for girls, that end up merging. And kind of what happens when the students learn about this, apparently chaos ensues, but also some fake dating. And if you've hung around on the podcast for a while, you know that a bunch of us really enjoy the fake dating trope. So this is one that... um, you should pick up if you're looking for some romance that's maybe a little bit less steamy since this is being billed as YA. But this is This May End Badly by Samantha Markham. And that's it for me this week. I hope all of you are reading lots. Um, If you are in the Midwest or other parts of um, the U.S. I hope that you are enjoying the start of spring. It has finally begun to warm up here. We had the windows open um, for most of the day today, and hopefully that is a trend that will continue. Um, As always, I hope there are so many good books in, in each of your lives because everything is better with books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, 
You can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.